I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Five Times Podcast. To see a legend near you, check out the events page on our website, fivetimes.co.uk. Welcome to the Five Times Podcast. At last, the international break's over. We don't have to worry about that till March time again. We can focus firmly on Southampton away. The Premier League returned this weekend and we are top of the league. Focus on the real football starts. This week we have Mark Wright, who of course played for both sides, Southampton and Liverpool, with us. Mark Lawrence and also he talks about the rumours regarding Daniel Sturridge. Anxious wait, isn't there, about Adam Lallana being in absolutely superb form for Liverpool and England, 3-3 three and three for England. He may come at a cost for him. We speak to his ex-roommate at Southampton, Richard Chaplow's on the show. And a nice little uh, surprise for you. Adam Morgan joins us. Remember him? Scored plenty goals in the youth sides at Liverpool. Well, we talk to him and find out which club he's currently playing at, scoring goals in the FA Cup. Thanks for listening. Let's get started. To hear previous podcasts, check outs and rate our page on iTunes. Thanks for listening. Okay, delighted to say join us on the Five Times Podcast, a fella who has been there, seen it, won it all. It's Mark Lawrence and Lauro, how are you? I'm all good, thank you very much, Mr Meller. Good to have you on. Finally, international duty is over. Did you enjoy it? I enjoyed um, England-Scotland. I don't... Well, we know we know why England play friendlies after that, especially at Wembley, because obviously to pay for the building of the of the stadium. But I, I, I don't really get it. I don't really see what you get from most of those games. Although I will say that England Scotland actually, um, sorry, England Spain in terms of a friendly was was decent and obviously had a, a, a good ending insofar as that you know for the Spaniards. Liverpool players have been influential both against Scotland and Spain. Do you think that the club form certainly helped them with the confidence going into those sort of games? Yeah, I think uh, I think as well now. If you look at uh, England, I think with the Liverpool players and also Tottenham players, I think it's very much a case of. I mean, obviously Southgate's in charge at the moment. We presume he'll, he'll get the job. I can't see it's going to go to anyone else. But I think I think he likes the way that both Tottenham and Liverpool play, and so. I think for both sets of teams and therefore players available for England, I think it, it'll be really good news because he, he likes to play this this high pressing game that both teams utilise. So um, for you know Sturridge, Lalana, Henderson, everybody, Klein, all those plus the Tottenham boys, it's it's uh, it's good news. Adam Lalana's been outstanding for Liverpool this season. A lot's been made about the top. Th- the front three in Coutinho, Firmino, Amani, but Lallana's mm. arguably been one of the more most influential players for Liverpool this season. It was a big concern to see him go off for England, wasn't it, in the friendly game? Yeah, he didn't. He didn't seem to be too bad. So I can't think it could be anything particularly drastic, but it might just make, mean he might miss the weekend's game at, at Southampton. But you know, the thing the thing about Lallana, he's probably playing now. Um, akin to the form that he showed at Southampton that made Liverpool buy him. I mean, he had a decent season last season, but but now he's started to look, I think, the player that we all thought that he was, and, and undoubtedly that he is. And he's not the quickest, but I'll tell you what, he's, he's, he's very, very quick in terms of football brain between the ears. I'm not sure is he right-footed or left-footed, which tells you that obviously he's extremely good in terms of two feet. He's got a um, great awareness, as we saw for the past last night with Vardy. And he's obviously brimming full of confidence, like most of Liverpool players at the moment. The concern is he missed the game against Manchester United on the back of that international duty, as did Vinaldum, and that's one of the very few games this season where we've really struggled as an attacking force. Now I mentioned that the front three have been outstanding, but Lallana has mm. been really influential in helping those players, hasn't he? So if he is to miss Southampton, I just wonder, you know, how influential we will be going forward. Yeah, well, <clears throat> the thing the thing about him is that you know with. With teams having to be or being occupied by the the, the front three that, that that you just mentioned, the likes of Lalana probably getting a little bit more space and a little bit more time, and therefore a little bit more room to play. And um, he, he's been excellent. And I think 
the whole thing about it is is Lalana, along with Coutinho, Firmino, and um, Mane, etc. They're all very, very difficult to pick up. They're all really comfortable whether they're coming onto the ball, whether they're sideways on, whether they've got the back to the ball. Um, and he's, as I say, you know, he's, he's really started to grow. He, and he'd, be, he'd love to go and play to, at Southampton. It's always great when you go and play at your old club that's, that sold you to a better club. Although sometimes you don't play particularly well because you think you've got something to prove, which, which you haven't. But um, at the moment, certainly with Alana, I would argue he's playing the best football of his life. Well, there's a number of Southampton connections in the Liverpool team at yeah. the moment, Alana being one of them. Klein, of course, Lovren, but also Mane. This is the first time he's re- returning down to Southampton since that big move in the summer, and he's certainly settled in very well at Liverpool. I wonder a different sort of pressure going down there, how he will handle that sort of occasion. Yeah, well, you know, the thing is with that is that you go back and you do think that you've got something to prove, and some, sometimes you can actually try too hard, and I think that... I hope it's not the case with Mane. I was <clears throat> doing something the other day and somebody said to me, who's going to be the most difficult player to replace at Liverpool if you say, you know, got a chance to win the league, if someone's going to be out for a while? And I said, Mane. And they said, why Mane? Why not Coutinho or Firmino? I said, because Mane gives them something absolutely different and his his pace is is, is electrifying and um, very, very unpredictable, but in a good way for the side. So... I think it's one of those. I think we have so many former Southampton players that they'll get a bit of stick, as you always do when you go back to your club. But I think I think we're above that, to be quite honest with you. And also, I would suggest we might be playing Southampton just at the right time. They've just started to have a little bit of a dip. Is it a good time for them to play us? Because the international no. break comes along, the it's disrupted our rhythm. We've had the two Brazilian boys on a private jet coming back to try and be fit. Saturday, three o'clock, if it was Sunday, Monday, more time to prepare that, more freshness. But with it being Saturday, is that a concern for us? No, well, I think I think the thing with that, Mel's, is that, you know, you, you, just, you just never know. Listen, you, you've played at a high level and, and sometimes you feel brilliant going into the game and then you can't raise a gallop. And, some, and sometimes it's the complete opposite. The, the, the good thing now with the international fixes, at least, <clears throat> most of them are done by Tuesday. Um, so you do have an extra day. I mean, the days of playing Wednesday, then traversing across Europe or wherever and get, actually only getting back for training on Friday before playing on Saturday, they are well gone. And also, <clears throat> our manager will be, you know, he'll welcome them all in and it'll be sort of like, well, you've had your 10 days away, you've been playing international football, get your heads down because it, it's it's Southampton away at the weekend. So I don't, <clears throat> I don't think the manager will actually give them any breathing space whatsoever. I think he'll be right on top of them, which... He generally always is. But one of the benefits we have had this season, we mentioned about no Europe and the preparation time, the freshness about Liverpool going into games. So we're fully tuned in, fully focused going into the game. OK, they haven't been on the training pitch all week, but they may have one day max on the training pitch together to, to prepare for this game before they travel down to Southampton. Yeah, but you know, they know each other. Um, and also, I always, I always think when you've been on international duty and you come back, you feel quite sort of buoyed. It's because... If you th- if you really think about it, you probably spend ten months at the training ground, and any time you get a breakaway, even if it were just for two or three days, it always feels much better when you come back. These lads will have had ten days away; they'll have one or two stories from games, whatever. Some of them have played brilliantly and scored goals; some of them maybe not so. But I just think when you sort of all back in the clan, and and I guess now as well with training, that there's probably nothing surprising that Klopp's ever going to throw at them. Um, and they'll know they'll know what the normal prep for a game is as well. So um, I wouldn't see that being a problem. And and in all the best teams, it's just something you, you've got to deal with. And um, if you don't deal with it, you, you're not really a top team for me. Well, good to hear you being so positive. Can't I've got to ask you about Ireland? What a great result that was away in Austria. Was that expected? No, I think um, I think it wasn't. Ex- I think it wasn't expected. I think I thought a glorious nil-nil was probably expected. In fairness to Martin O'Neill, he picked a really kind of quite progressive, aggressive team, which you know worked wonders for him. We're under the cosh for a little bit of a while, and, and, and we rode that because we're, we're difficult to play against. Um, goal from McLean, which is quite rare, which was which was also a good, great display from Hurlihan. So. It's it's a massive victory and it's going to be a really tight group. I think our next game competitively in that group is is Wales in Dublin and, and Wales probably are going to have to come and win, which I think would suit the Republic. 
That'll be a good game. There's a great mm. traditional link between Ireland and Liverpool. Where's the next Loro? Ronnie Whelan, John Aldridge coming from at Liverpool. Um, you mean from Ireland's point of view? I don't. I don't. I, I am not being funny. I don't. I don't see one on the horizon at, at the moment. Um, it's just one of those things that they were. They were obviously, you know, Jim Beglin, Chuck isn't aiming the hat. Aldo, everyone. So ha, I don't know. I don't know. Mel's. I mean. When you actually look at the players that Ireland have available at the moment, they have no real... I don't think they've got too many outstanding players at all. In fact, can you really pick one? Uh, Seamus Coleman on his game, maybe. So that's why, that's why I mean, Martin O'Neill and Roy Keane have just done fantastically because they, they can't really change it. They've got... I would reckon they've got two sets of 11 players that if they played against each other, the result probably would be a draw. I think they're all very, very similar but they just get them at it and they seem to be able to perform on the day. And I think for any manager to improve your players at any level is a sign of a good manager. Mm, good team blend. Looking ahead to the weekend's game against Southampton, potential team change for Liverpool. Mentioned the Brazilians, Firmino and Coutinho having a lot of travelling. Last international break when there was a Saturday, Jurgen Klopp put Coutinho on the bench. We beat Leicester convincingly 4-1. Might he be tempted, do you think, to go for Sturridge Origi up front? Um, I'm not sure I'd go for both of them. Um, I think possibly, certainly, one of them. Um, and, you know, I mean, Daniel scored, didn't he, on Friday against uh, against Scotland. I mean, Daniel Sturridge is a really, really good player. You just argue he doesn't get in Liverpool's first 11 at the moment and everyone's saying, oh, what are they going to do with him? Well, they're not going to do anything with him because it's unbelievable strength in depth. So, yeah, well, I would think he, he might look to shake it up a, a little bit. Um but listen, you know, he sees them in training. You know what it's like now. They can actually test them in training on a Friday before the Saturday with this thing with the blood cells where they can, the doctor can actually say to the manager, he's a little bit low and might need a rest or he's absolutely fine. So, crikey, who knows? Mm. Well, I'm just thinking last time we played Southampton twice, Sturridge and Origi have played. We battered them 6-1 in the cup. Yes, battered right. them last year, first half, 2-0. They both played up front. Second half was a different matter. But I'm impressed if you've been with the attitude from Daniel Sturridge. He scores two against Tottenham in the League Cup. Unused sub at Palace, disappointed. He comes on against Watford and hits the bar twice and is in goal-scoring opportunity. So he isn't getting his head down. He isn't being too disappointed. He's coming on and saying, well, look, I still want to be part of this. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, I think if you remember when Klopp came just over over twelve months ago, and they were all saying, you know, what you going, what's he going to do with Sturridge? Because obviously, he seemed to be permanently injured, and then come back training, got injured, all those kind of things. It's not a massive problem anymore. It used to be the press conference would be Daniel Sturridge, and you could see Klopp's eyes rolling and think, "Crikey, what now?" But but it, but it's not the same anymore because, you know, as I said, he do, he doesn't get in the starting eleven, but he's still a very very good player. And I think as well is that he's probably, he's one of the few, he, could, he can make his own goals, Daniel Sturridge. We've, we've seen some of the, the goals he scored. Europa League final was like unbelievable when you actually watch that goal again. All sorts of other scores, all sorts of different types of goals. And he gives you something different. If he's not in the starting eleven, so what? It just shows we've got a really, really good team. But his attitude's been good, but he's never he's never going to be one that will chase and harry and hurry other people, because that's just not his game. I think everybody realises that. Klopp realises that. And in in the nicest sense of the word, he, he probably gets used and abused by Klopp, but you know, that's part of being a football player in a big squad and a good side. Steve Highway always used to say, one day you'll leave this football club. Daniel Sturridge will leave this football club, whether it's imminently in January or, or beyond that. But for me, I just get a feeling that he still has a big part to play this season. We're scoring lots yeah. of goals, creating lots of chances, and there's still a role to play, isn't there, for him? Well, not only that, listen, look, look at it a slightly different way. I agree with all, all that statement. Why would you sell him to somebody else to make them stronger? What, what, why on earth would you think about doing that? So I, I don't think he's going anywhere unless... Unless you can, you can, he can be a make, not a make weight, but you, you get somebody else in who wants him. That, but we think we've got a better player coming into Liverpool. But apart from that, you, I don't think you do anything with him at all. So Southampton this weekend, how, how do we go about getting the three points? Well, we don't. I don't think we change the way we play. I think that's that's the great thing about it, which is you know you you, you start off at this kind of helter skelter pace and. If you get a goal in the first 20 minutes, which we seem to do more often than not, 
Um, and then we seem to get loads of goals on the back of it. Southampton are good defensively. I think uh, Fonts and uh, Van Dijk um, have been very, very good, and the goalkeeper's a good goalkeeper as well. So won't won't be that easy. But I have to say, I think I've seen every good side in the league, so six or seven so far, live. We definitely, at the moment, are the best team, both with and without the ball. And I think Klopp will be of the opinion, of the opinion, which is, let's boys, let's go and play, let's go and just sweep these teams aside. I, I just, I just watch teams play against us, and you can see them. It's almost like they get their heads up after twenty minutes and think, "Crikey, O'Reilly, what's all that about?" And if we can keep playing that way, you know, I think we've got an absolutely fantastic chance in terms of winning the league. Laurel. Very grateful for you joining us. Let's hope we do go and play down at Southampton at the weekend and maintain our top spot in the Premier League. Thanks, Laura. Cheers. Coming soon to a city near you, the Liverpool Legends. For more information and ticket prices, check out our websites, fivetimes.co.uk. Next to a fella who spent five years at Southampton, probably the most memorable of them, the year they finished runners-up to Liverpool in the 1983-84 season. Delighted to say joining us is former Liverpool and Southampton defender Mark Wright. Wrighty, Southampton away this weekend. What are you thinking? <laughs> you know what? Uh, well, it's always a, an interesting one because if you catch Southampton on a good day, they're a decent side, aren't they? Um, and then to be fair, for a, for a smallish club, they're doing exceptionally well once again. Um, but listen, the way Liverpool are playing with the uh, with the front four, I'm not so sure that any any defence in that league can, if they're on song, that anyone can handle uh, handle them. And I don't expect any different, you know, this weekend. I expect Liverpool to go there and get a, a fantastic result. But you know, my heart always always is a, a little bit of me. I loved I love my time at Southampton, so I always watch for their, watch for their results. But as as for as for what's expected this weekend, I can't see anything but a, but a Liverpool victory, but just because of the way, the exciting football that they've been playing, and I just don't think that anything that Southampton have defensively can handle that front four. Are you surprised how well Southampton are doing? Because again, they changed the manager, again they lose the better players, but they're competing again in the Premier League, doing very well. Do you know they do exceptionally well? Um, and do you know what? It's a it's a great family club. Like I said, I mean, I had I think was it was it six years, maybe more down there of. Of, of great times um, and they look after you they, you know it's obviously it's a new stadium now but it doesn't surprise me you know they've got good support um, the club is run very well internally with by the uh, by the backroom staff there and there's this, this con- continuity there you know with keeping the people who select players help run the football club they keep them all there and they make them very very happy so it just it just very very nicely and I'm not surprised at all that Southampton are, are doing half decent again at all yeah, well, just looking at the manager, Claude Puel, how to say, hadn't heard a great deal about him before he arrived. Obviously, Pochettino started it all off when they were in the Premier League, did very well. Koeman did extremely well, he leaves, yep. and then Puel is uh, is likewise. But he's new to the Premier League, and yet he's adapted very, very well, hasn't he? Well, I think he inherited some very good players, and like I said before, there's a there's a um, a backroom staff that always stay there that will have helped him, you know, uh, whether it's acclimatise or get used to the the you know the Premier League. But any manager that goes in, you know, with a setup like that and have got any strength about them can do well in the Premier League, you know, because he's given funds to go and buy players. Yeah, a load of players keep leaving the football club, but they keep bouncing back because of the behind the scenes organisation that Southampton do have. Right, so we dropped points last season against the likes of Newcastle, Watford, Southampton last season. How important is it to, you mentioned your fancy are strongly, how important is it that we go there and, and certainly take something away from this game? Have to, have to. You know, look where we are in the league and it's not that we're, we're, we're there for a reason because Liverpool are a very, very good football club. Um, the players and the way that, uh, you know, and look at the players, look at the bench, look at the people who are being left out for Liverpool, um, which, is, which is incredible. And, you know, maybe in the window, if some, if good players are, you know, he might go and get a couple more. That makes Liverpool even stronger. I just think that uh, at this moment in time, you know, maybe a couple of years ago, we go and get, you know, get results and, you know, that aren't favourable for us. The mentality of this side, I don't think, in fact, I know that there's not many going to be able to stop that front four if they're playing. And if it's not working, then they can bring other members on that can make things happen. It's very, very exciting times. For, for Liverpool Football Club and this is a season that could go very very well for for, for, for everyone connected with it um, is it important to get results down at Southampton of course three points three points where we are in, this, in the league at this moment in time has to be continued and, it, and it, it starts again on Saturday where three points are we're not we're not 
everyone's not expecting them, but we want them because of the way that Liverpool are. And you see, the, fo- the style of football is not only a strong style of football, it's entertaining and they're scoring so many goals and people can't stop them. So everyone is talking about Liverpool at this moment in time and I can't see it stopping. And I think one of the biggest pluses is Mane, the way that he's come in and just liven things up and he just, the way his movement, the way he floats about and you just can't pick him up. Yeah, and the understanding that he's developed as well with Coutinho, with Firmino. I mean, Mane scored two goals against us and completely turned it around that game last season in the second half. We're 2-0 up, cruising away at Southampton. We lose the game 3-2. Mane was a big part of that. He settled in very quickly at Liverpool. And how impressed have you been with that understanding that he's, he seems to have with, with Coutinho and Firmino at the moment? Do you know what? It's, in, it's incredible. And do you know what, what, what really impresses me about him? His work ethic. You know, you can be a very, you can be a, such a talented player, but you haven't got that work ethic. He chases people down. He never stops moving. And you know, when you're talking about it as an ex-defender, would we like to play against Firmino up top, who's a strong boy and holds up, and then you've got Lalana, Coutinho, and Mane floating around, do what you want, but when we lose the ball, make a make a shape. If they're all coming at you and they're all on their all on their day, unstoppable. And that's probably second to, to Mane, the way he's played, is Lallana. He has come on leaps and bounds. He looks to have strengthened up, toughened up and really, really enjoying his football. And, you know, for them two to go back there and put a show, you know, would be brilliant for themselves. And goals, righty. They're all chipping in with goals. It's not one player that we're over-relying on. They're all... No, involved, aren't they? and you know that's that's the biggest thing. If one's not having an off day, you know the others look look at look at the attacking talent that the football club have got at this moment in time. You know, and, and Daniel Sturridge is on the bench, and yet he's a natural goal scorer. He's on the bench because the others are, they they, they complement each other so well. Like I said before, probably unstoppable on their day. If they're all four 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 of them are playing well. You can't stop them. You can't stop them because you, you know, usually like you're saying, Mel, if if you go and stop the centre forward, who's the goal scorer, you usually do your job. There's four of them that are coming at you from every angle, and that's and that is hard to play against. And um, we're enjoying it. Uh, did you see Coutinho's goal for Brazil against Argentina? No, I didn't, Mel. I didn't. He's put, he's put another one in the top bin, righty. <laughs> well, you know what? <laughs> but it don't surprise us, does it? It just doesn't surprise us. Every time, you know. You, you, you watch him so many times for Liverpool. He, he, he cuts him off that left side, throws a little dummy, and then shifts it again, and then just smacks him. And you can see them all the time just curling into the top corner. The boy is a is a, is a, is, a, is a major major talent. Um, obviously, he's got he's only young. He's got loads more left in him to go and learn and and, and progress and, uh, and and achieve things. But as a player at this moment in time, fantastic because he's got one thought in his mind. You know when he gets around that eighteen yard box, if I'm get if I've got space. I know I've got my shooting boots on, I can score goals. And everyone, when they see him cut in sight, they must be going, not again, because he's got so much ability to uh, on shooting. Well, I mentioned the goal that he scored for Brazil. He's now a big player for Brazil. He's playing, mm. arguably playing the best football of his career. Do you fear him leaving? Well, I hope, listen, I mean, I don't know how long he's left in his contract, uh, uh, Mills, but listen, would we want him to stay, of course. With the way... That the, the four of them are playing and the understanding that they have, like you said before, it's incredible and long may it continue. Would we want players to go? No. We don't want to be a, a selling club, but you know, if he's got a year left of his contract, then things have to go. If he's got four years, then listen, offer him another one. But you know, you know what it's like now. Sometimes if someone comes in with silly money, you know, players tend to go and you look at this like it's agents. It used to be that the club, it was the club, <laughs> the manager, and then the player. Now I think it's the player at the club and then the manager. So it swung round in the player's favour. So if the player goes, I'm not going to play anymore, they tend to get um, let go, don't they? Or they get sold. For him, I think he's a major talent and, 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 and a lot of the young players at Liverpool, fantastic set of, set of players this moment in time. And I hope that, that they can secure him to stay and well secure that front four if they secure that front four then they, then for the next you know four or five years they've got a fantastic setup, haven't they righty thanks very much for your time to finish with one a little score prediction two former clubs Southampton Liverpool Saturday afternoon what are you going for what am I going for I'm going to go 3-0 Liverpool love it we'll take that all day righty thanks for joining us Hi, pleasure. Pleasure as always. This is the Five Times Podcast, the voice of the ex-Liverpool players. OK, I'm delighted to say joining us now on the Five Times Podcast is former Liverpool goalkeeper Chris Kirkland. Kirky, you've got the bug back as a Liverpool fan. Now you've retired. You've only missed one home game so far, I think. What, what feeling do you get about us at the moment? We're currently top of the league. Well, 
I've said this before. It's a different feeling at Anfield now. It's 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 back to the well. As I said, back to the, you know this was years ago. But over the last couple of years, it's sort of been you know you turn up, you watch the team, and you go home. If they win, they win. You know, and not much is more said. But now the, the feeling now is when you go to a game, the, the anticipation, the the excitement is that they're going to win, and you know it's just by how much they're going to win. But as I say, the performances have have been very consistent, and that's what. You know, bearing injuries, if they can keep everybody fit, which is going to be tough, especially over the Christmas period. But if they can carry on doing what they're doing, then they're certainly not going to be far away. We are top of the table. Is that an added pressure, no. do you think? No, I don't think so. Um, Jürgen won't let that get to him. He's, uh, he's the perfect man to have in charge. Uh, he's not getting carried away. You listen to his interviews, he's far from getting carried away. It is literally, it's boring saying it, but it's a game at a time and, you know... You take the, the next game as it comes, and with him under the in charge, you know the players won't be getting too far ahead of themselves. That's for sure. He wasn't in charge a few years ago when we went close. We were top of the table for a period, coming to the end of that season when we eventually finished second. Do you think that experience is a number of players that are currently involved in this current squad to the one that was involved back then? Do you think that experience will help them? I think it can do, but you know as well as I do, no two seasons are the same. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Uh, the league over the last since then is, you know, the quality that's come into it is, is tenfold. It's, you know, even the so-called lesser teams, they're signing players for 12, 13 million that five years ago would have been unheard of for teams like that. So, I mean, the quality in the premiership is is, is outstanding, but they've not got to worry about that. All they've got to worry about is their self and, you know, carry on playing the way they, they're going to have a dip. They're going to lose games. Every team does, especially, as I said, with the quality in this league, it's just minimising them defeats and um, as I say injuries is going to play a big part as well and obviously the biggest one of the biggest factors for me is probably Europe not being in Europe I know all Liverpool fans want the team to be in Europe and so do I but it might be a blessing in disguise and you know for me it would be between Chelsea and Liverpool yeah, but we mentioned in there about no Europe. We've had that fre- freshness about Liverpool this season, the preparation time. It's not going to be the case this weekend against Southampton. The lads have been all over the world playing for various different international teams. Do you think that's going to have an impact, do you think, down at Southampton? Um, it's always, that's the, always a tough game after internationals, especially for the top teams. As you say, there's a lot of, a lot of players that have been away um, all over the world and you know, very far away as well with the, with the South American boys and you know, playing miles and miles away. But I think that's the case for all the top teams. Um, you know, Chelsea, Man U, Arsenal, they're all going to have players away. So it's um, you've got to deal with it. That's You know, they, I'm sure when the players get back, they'll do the right uh, rest and recuperation. I'm sure there'll be, you know, the medical staff will be waiting for them when they get back. And, you know, they, as I said, that part of the game nowadays is compared to, you know, even a few years ago, it's come on tremendous and all the recovery stuff will be there for them. So but it's going to be a tough, it would have been better if it was at Anfield, obviously. But um, as I said, if they can carry on doing what they're doing, then they'll be fine. Did you hear about City and Liverpool chipping in to pay for a private jet for those Brazilian boys, Firmino, Coutinho and the other contingent coming back over to Europe? Have they? Have they chipped in, have they? They certainly have. I think it was about 30 grand each, something like that. Was it? Well, hopefully yeah. they could have, could have done a few pit stops on the way and picked a few more of our players up. But, <laughs> uh, 
Um, that's good. That, as I said, I mean that 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 does make a massive difference. If you can jump on a plane straight away after a game and get back, even if it, even if you're getting back the earliest hour of the morning, you know you're getting back the day after the game, and it does make a big big difference. I think it also shows you the in- intent from Liverpool that we want these players back. They've been a massive part of what's been good this season, um, and we want them back fresh for the weekend. It, it may be touch and go whether they start, but we've given them the best opportunity to do so. Oh, definitely. As I said, that's just. But at a club like Liverpool, that's the way it should be. You know, it's a top class club. And, you know, looking after the players as they do, that it doesn't surprise me that. Another player that was away on international duty, Simon Mignolet with Belgium, spoke very well this week, got his 18th cap. And normally a time when, when players start to talk about leaving, but he wasn't having any of it. You know, he was saying that he's got one thing in his mind. He wants to try and win his place back at Liverpool. I'm sure he does. Listen, it's been early. You know, it's, it's an early situation for Simon, meaning that he's not been out of the team that long. If this had been be a different case... Uh, but it's you know it's only been what a month six weeks since he's lost his place in the team so it's still very early days for Simon he'll be pushing he'll be waiting for that chance for for keepers it's extremely hard because barring an injury and a dramatic loss of form I mean all keepers play bad games but barring a dramatic loss of form over a period of time or injury then it's going to be difficult for Simon to get back in but he knows that I'm sure you know he'll be knuckling down there's no way he'll be thinking of leaving in January or anything like that come the end of the season if he's still not been involved and he's not played much obviously I think he'll address it in the summer but for the, for the time being I can't see there being a problem he'll just want to push as hard as he can push Slobius as hard as he can and train well because that chance will come up eventually and he's got to make sure that when it does that you know he's ready to do that that's why he'll be focusing and that's why he's such a good professional yeah we have two goalkeepers pushing very hard decent goalkeepers in Mignolet and Carries. you had it yourself with Jersey Dudek two top keepers pushing each other did that help for the number one jersey you think that's very kind of you to say Neil um, yes, <laughs> I threw Jersey's name in first. I've been called a lot worse, believe me. I've, uh, yeah, it does. I mean, but as I said, it's just that you know everyone's heard about that keepers union. It's the only way. You know, I've always been fortunate to work with keepers when I've been playing uh, for minute pretty much all my career. You know, I've been sort of the number one, and it's important that the number two pushes you and supports you. And obviously, when I've not been playing, I've tried to do so. The same to the number one. It's just, as you say, it's a very, it's a difficult position for a keeper because, as I said, barring injury or dramatic loss of form, there's only one position you can very early days. But with Jersey, I mean, when I first come to the club, I was told I was going to be number two, which helped uh, in a way because even though I wanted to play, you know, it's Liverpool and I don't, you know, it, I've supported them all my life and I was never going to turn it down. But I always, Gerard always did say to me, be ready because you will be getting in eventually. And, and you know, that's the way it worked out. Fortunately, it was due to to Jersey um, losing his form Gerke defensively we do need to improve we've mentioned that already conceding too, too many goals regularly I would say Southampton away this weekend is a tough test there's only been one team that stopped them scoring in the Premier League in 2016 and that was Chelsea recently so it's going to be a tough ask isn't it to go there and get a clean sheet which is what we want do you know what I've been listening to a lot of this not just Liverpool but a lot of teams over the last few weeks and saying clean sheets and, you know, we must get clean sheets. But they've got to remember as well, as I said, the quality in this league, any team can score against you. It doesn't matter what team you're playing in this league. You know, you've got no given right to keep a clean sheet and the quality gets better every every year. So there's no shame in conceding goals. I think the shame is is when they're so avoidable. I think when you've caused the goal yourself sort of thing, you know, if you've tried to play a silly pass out from the back, if, you know, you're not closing somebody down in the 18-yard box where you should have done. I think it's the silly little goals that are avoidable, let's say, that are, are the problem. But as I said, we've not had a settled back four for the last, you know, over the last 12 months. It's only now in the last couple of months that it looks like that's just, if they're fit, that's going to be the four at the back. And I'm sure if they play together consistently for, for a certain amount of time, then clean sheets will come. But as I said, we've got no given right to keep clean sheets. Nobody has in this league. How do you see this one then? How do we go down there and get the result? Well, it, as you said, it's going to be, you know, hopefully tiredness doesn't come too much into it. Um, Southampton are extremely a tough team. They, they play a lot of good football, especially at St Mary's. It's, it's going to be, it's going to, it's going to be a tough, tough game. But all they can do is do the same as what they've been carrying on doing. And, and as I say, you need a bit of luck. Like any any game, you need luck. But I'd back us against them without a shadow of a doubt. Kirky, fully appreciate you coming on and joining us. I look forward to beating you on the golf course in the very near well, future. Well, you could dream it's Christmas. I'll let you have that dream. <laughs> Top man, Kirky. See you in a bit, Pop. All the best. Cheers. Cheers, mate. This is the Five Times Podcast, hosted by Neil Meller. 
A big welcome to Richard Chaplow to the Five Times podcast. We all know this man, at least Jimmy Traore does at least. The man who delivered that famous cross for Burnley in the FA Cup, which Jimmy Traore unfortunately put into his own goal. Sad memories for us, but good memories for Richard Chaplow. Back-to-back promotions as well as a Southampton player. Chappie, thanks for joining us. How good a time was that for you at Southampton, those promotions? Yeah, it was um, It was amazing, you know, obviously... Uh... Looking back at that stage in my career, I'd already been to Southampton on on loan and know, knew all about the the club as it was. Um, but no one could have, have foreseen the fairy tale that took place after that um, to drop down to League One, um, and obviously did that because of the size of the club. Um, and to go back to back was was absolutely amazing. Obviously, um, they were in a little bit of a transitional period at the time. Pardew had just been sacked, and they were in the the lower uh, the lower levels of League One, and uh, they brought Nigel Atkins in, and um, he inherited obviously a great squad um, with the likes of of the Lana and, and Ricky Lambert, um, Snyderlin, and um, Oxley Chamberlain, and um, you know, and the rest was was sort of just just snowball. We um, we went up second that year in League One, and then we took that momentum into the Championship and um, really took people by storm and played a, a high-pressing game with, like I said, talent, talented boys in the squad and um, there was no stopping us, really. And there's been no looking back since, really, for Southampton. Um, they've obviously pushed on to another level and it's, it's great to see. Chappie, me and you know each other very well, of course, roommates back in the days at Preston North End, but you were roommates as well with Adam Lallana at Southampton. When, when you first joined Southampton, you mentioned about the loyalty there of Adam Lallana as an outstanding player. Did you think he was going to be a, a one-club man like Letizia was at Southampton, always stay there? Or did you think there was a, a bigger and better move ahead, which has turned out to be Liverpool? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough, isn't it? I mean, in them in them days, it was, it was tough to see Southampton... Um, really kicking on and being a force in the Premier League. I mean, Adam always had uh, that ability. And like I said, you could see that daily from training him. He was on an, an, another level from from everyone else there. Um, and you could always see that he had the ability to really kick on. And he was basically just playing his trade and, and sort of gaining knowledge daily and playing league minutes, um, League One Championship. And I honestly think that that's now, you know, really made him into the player he is today. So... Would I say he was going to be a one-man team? I think it's tough. I mean, once he got into the Premiership and got going, there was always going to be uh, admirers of Adam. Um, and obviously, a, a team like Liverpool comes knocking. It, it's hard to turn them down. Um, and, and I think, obviously, Southampton realised that. Um, all credit to Southampton. Obviously, loved them to bits and liked them to see well. But, you know, they've been decimated um, season after season, really. And always managed to, and all credit to them, always managed to rebuild and kick on another level. So um, Southampton, have, have, they've not, obviously, they've missed Adam and, and players of that like, but um, they've had no issues, obviously, filling their void and still progressing as a club. So it, it's been great for both sides. Yeah, I mean, Adam's been flying for Liverpool and England, 3-3 three and three for England. He's got three goals for Liverpool, five assists in his 11 games so far this season. He's a really important player for Liverpool this season under Jurgen Klopp, who seems to be getting the best out of him. But it was a slow start for Adam initially to, to adapt to life at Liverpool. Yeah, very much so. I think, um, obviously, me and Adam are really close still. And being, being rumours, as you know, you stay in touch, lad. And... Um... You know, we we spoke about, and I spoke to him um, on numerous times. When and Adam has this sort of, um, I'm sure he won't mind me saying, but he has this like sort of history of um, taking a little while to bed into things. So if you look right back to the start of his career, for example, he wasn't he was a bit of a late developer in terms of getting into the first team squad and stamping his authority on that. Whereas other lads that were maybe 18, 19 were in there earlier, um, and then. Once he's in there, he really kicks on, um, finds his feet, finds his confidence, and, and goes for it. And then, again, the same happened at Southampton. He was he was running the show for a couple of years, and then we got into the Premier League, and he didn't take his foot off the gas whatsoever. But the transition from from the Championship to the Premiership is obviously a big one. And Adam didn't really perform as he wanted to perform. He was still putting in great performances, but. He never really kicked on to the level where that got him the move to Liverpool. Uh, and then the second season, as you will, is a transition and, and adapting to that environment. 
Um, he really grew in strength and stature and, and confidence. Got his move to Liverpool, and then the same happened again. I think um, you know he was he had a bit of a, a transitional period in his first twelve months at Liverpool, and and lo and behold, as history has suggested, he, he's come through that, and he's now, like you say, an integral part of the team. Is um, that front three with Adam and uh, Wijnaldum in behind? It's um, it's formidable, and it's great to watch. Obviously, from a, a neutral uh, a neutral perspective, the. They're one of the only teams that um, I would get up for at half past four in the morning when I was over in the States recently to watch. So <laughs> that's, uh, that's credit to the boys. Yeah, obviously Adam's been a big part for Liverpool this season. You saw him limp off for England against Spain in that friendly game. How much of a concern would that injury be? Yeah, I mean, I think for um, obviously for, for all the Liverpool fans, Adam's been instrumental this season. He's not only in the, in the red of Liverpool, but also in, in the white of England. I mean, the first 20 minutes he played against Ayn, um last night, I thought he was probably England's best player. And, um, you know, it's it's upsetting for Adam if there is anything to come from that. Um, hopefully, fingers crossed, there hasn't. Um, I'm sure that the uh, the medical team will be trying to patch him up for the weekend. But um, fingers crossed, you know, he went down and did the most sensible thing in terms of he has felt a tiny little niggle not to push through it. Um but I'm sure we'll see over the next coming days whether he's going to be uh, be available for the weekend. But if not, obviously um, Klopp, have, Klopp has a way of putting uh, another piece of the puzzle in there, and they don't don't seem to be losing momentum at the minute. So um, fingers crossed for Adam. It's not too bad, but uh, hopefully in terms of Liverpool, it's um, it's not going to be a huge miss and for too long. You know, obviously uh, Southampton will still be the underdogs, no doubt, but um, they have a way of. You know, coming up against uh, against the odds, as you as you say, when they uh, they lose the players and kicking on, and you know, from a Southampton from a Southampton's fan point of view, um, I'm hoping you can uh, they can do the business this weekend. Well, we're hoping you don't. So, thanks for joining us, Chappie. <laughs> uh, no doubt, we'll see you at Anfield supporting your mate Adam very very soon. Thank you very yeah. much. Look forward to it. Top man. To hear previous podcasts, checkouts, and rate our page on iTunes. Thanks for listening. Okay, delighted to say now a former Liverpool striker in the FA Cup. He is an FA Cup hero, having scored the goals that put Curzon Ashton into the second round. Delighted to say joining us is Adam Morgan. Morgs, well done on the other night. Thank you. Yeah, it was good. Good night the other night. You know, it was a um, it was a special one. So uh, I'm really happy to get through it and uh, looking forward to the next round. Well, you scored the equalising goal in the first game to take it to a replay, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. You know, it was it was a, a special day. That it was you no, know, it was my first like um, time I'd been feeling myself, and I, I'm pitching it overnight, and the ball fell to me just how I wanted to, and I got good connection, and managed to go in the net and um, help us get a replay. We've seen you score loads of goals for the 18s and 21s at Liverpool. You're now at Curzon Ashton. They're in the National League North. So far cry from those Liverpool days. Just give us an update. How did you get from being at Liverpool to where you are now at Curzon Ashton? Yeah, well, you know, I can. It feels like I've blinked really, but you know, it's 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 probably a number of things. You know, Mel's. It's it's um, maybe a, a bit of bad timing, bit of bad bit of bad choices, but and uh, and then not being able to keep my head and when. Like fear of adversity, but you know I've I've done I've done a lot of hard work off the pitch. Uh, to be honest, that you know I'm controlling the way, you know mentally I I'm, I was prepared because, you know I I didn't think it was ever going to end. Like I was doing I was doing really well at Liverpool. You know I couldn't stop scoring, and then I just thought, well this is me now. But you know the, the harsh facts of life is it's not always doesn't always work out the way you want it to, and it happens. And then when I moved on from Liverpool. Which was fair enough. I was never going to be a regular, which you know, I'm not stupid. I would have loved nothing, nothing more to pull a red shirt on every week. But you've got to be realistic. So it was a, uh, had to move on, and and then it was um, on to Yeovil for me, and then I signed a a, a long term contract for two and a half years. But I don't know. I just didn't really feel at home. And then you know, a few things happened where I fell out with the manager. You know, because he was expecting me to go in and. Back, bang the goals and straight away, which I never done. So it was really um, substitute appearances I was making, and then I I just wanted to play football. So as a young lad, I was nineteen when I moved down. I'd never ever been away from home before, obviously for longer than you know a holiday or something like that or a pre-season tour. So it was a really new experience for me. And you know when you go home and sometimes you're looking for a hug off your mum and you're just in a house on your own, you don't know what to turn to, and that's when uh, your head starts really going. Then so. 
from there, I um, you know, agreed a deal with Yeovil to um, sort me out of my contract, and then it was on to Rackington with John Coleman, and I've got to say he's a great manager, but I, I can't really complain there. I, I, I don't, I give it me all, but the striker at Ed, he was the, the way he was playing um, was one up front, and the striker at Ed and he was knocking the goals in. So sometimes you got to be patient, but I weren't being patient. I just wanted to play games, and so I was at a bit of a crossroads, and then I went a couple of times to. Um, you know, try and get a bit of fitness in, and then at the start of the season, I was I was left with nothing. Well, you mentioned there a number of different places you've been since at Liverpool. Having left Liverpool, scoring loads of goals, having a reputation, but do you think that perhaps went against you a little bit in those early days? Whereas now you found yourself at Curzon Ashton, a little bit of a reality to think, well, this is where I'm at. You know, I've got four and four, doing well, a couple of goals in the FA Cup, but you're still a very young man and can still develop on and hopefully get back in, into the Football League. Yeah, you know, like, I, 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 that's, what I've, that's, what, that's what hurts me sometimes the most. I, I don't want to be remembered for the lad, you know, you scored goals at under 18 and under 21 level. I want to, you know, leave a mark in the professional game and, and that that's what everyone always seems to ask me first, which is obviously because I'm so I'm so proud of my achievements at Liverpool, you know. I used to think, well, I was at Liverpool, I should be banging the goals in here. But, you know, it's not always like that and but it's just now it's been it's been a it's been a hard journey to like even get me head back on, but I feel like it's back on now and I'm I'm confident. Right. Definitely gonna put a smile on your face. Talk us through that debut for Liverpool first team. Oh wow, well well the first one was um, we went up to Scotland, you know, to play against Hearts, and I was I'd been nineteenth man a couple of times, and I was up, up with the first team and that, and then we was training the night before and uh, on the pitch, and Andy Carroll said to me like say thank you, so I was like I don't know what you're talking about, what are you on about? He said uh, you're in the squad tomorrow, so I just said oh yeah whatever lad like you know just. Half like ignored. He said, "No, I've pulled out injured, and obviously you're the only one here." So, I I was then I quickly realised, you know, I've got a good chance of being on the bench. So, um, you know, my parents were coming up the game anyway, so they came up, and then, you know, my, I think it was dead on the ninety minutes where I just uh, came on, but not on can ever take away that feeling. Do you know what I mean? It was perfect. And and obviously you. you... Played in the second leg as well. Anfield, how special was that? Growing up a Liverpool supporter and, and playing there for the first team. Yeah, yeah. That, if I could live one day again, that's what that's what day I'd pith because that that was that was unbelievable. Like I knew the day before that I was playing, and then the way we had to go into Melwood in the morning, and then it, it was just the whole day. Then off to the hotel, it was just you know everything I'd ever ever worked for everything I'd ever, ever wanted to do, I was doing in the night. You know, I think I had like 50 tickets for the game because everyone who'd, who'd wanted to support me wanted to come to the game and celebrate with me as well. But I think I'd done okay in the game. You know, I was a bit nervous. I'd done a rash tackle early on and that. But, you know, if maybe the maybe the goal maybe the goal that he's given our play, maybe if that stands, you know, a lot a lot changed. But you can, you know, it's about hindsight. You can, you can say that about a lot of things, but... You know, no matter what, no one can ever take that away from me and I'm something I'm so, so proud of. Absolutely, and it's nice to hear that. That real passion in your voice, you know, and you you have an ability to, to put the ball in the back of the net, a goal-scoring ability. You are at Curzon Ashton at the moment, but you find yourself feeling as though you're in a good place at the moment, confidence is high? Yeah, you know, you'll know yourself, you know, when you when you knock a, knock a goal in, you, you think you're just going to score every time you shoot. And that that's, that's what... I've been feeling, I, I, I was confident going into the FA Cup game Monday that I was going to score. I was more than confident. And then I got two early goals. I hit the post in the second half, which is a bit unlucky. Would have been that that out there and put the icing on the cake. But, you know, it's, you know how it is, Miles. You'll know yourself. It's just, um, it's about, for strikers, it's about confidence. And the more time on the pitch you get, the more chance you're going to get scoring a goal. And I'm always confident I can score goals. Like I know you will have been and, you know, like so many strikers are, you know, you you, you don't want to be playing 15 minutes, you want to be in the team. So that was my reasoning behind going to Kays and Ashton because, you know, I knew I had to work my way into the team, but now I want to maintain my place in the team. And then I'm, if I play in any in any game, I think I'll confidence I'll, if I get a chance, I'll score. We can You can get a hat-trick in the next round, can't you? Tell us about these boots that you're wearing. Yeah, yeah. Well, 
I've always kept in contact with Flano, you know, and and um, he's one, been one of my good mates since I was really young. And what what funny enough with me, I had boots, I had my own boots, but it's Kers and Ashton saying on um, on the Astro turf, and on my first session, they've ripped like uh, on the side. So and um, I've said to him, lad, <laughs> you're gonna have to sort me a pair of boots here. So um, he said, yeah, lad, of course. So he's given me. Um, uh, he's, he just end up boxing me off. He'd give me a few pairs of boots, but he say flannel thirty eight on the side, which is Adidas send to to uh, all the lads who are sponsored by Adidas. So do a pair, and went in. He gave me one for the uh, Astro and then one for games. So I've been wearing the studs for the games, and then he's rubbed them and he said, uh, "Lad, these are magic boots." Because I always say to him, "Lad, you're the luckiest man alive." You know what I mean? Just because he always seems to play in the big games, but no, I've just given him a bit of banter about it, but. Um, yeah, he said that, and then ever since he's done it, I've been knocking them in, so I'm going to keep wearing them. Like. Little assist from Flano there. Anyone else you keep in touch with from back in the day at Liverpool? Yeah, yeah Brad Smith all the time, really, and and then even Jordan Williams and stuff now, and any of the lads, and a few of the lads message me after my goal, which is nice, you know, it's you know you don't always speak to them regularly, but, you know, a little message here and there to, to let people know, congratulate you, or I congratulate them, it's... it's um, it's nice, you know what I mean, because we had such a strong bond uh, coming up so many years with so many players. It's People go their separate ways and it happens, and you don't ever think at the time, well, I might not see you for five years here. At the time, you just think it's not going to end, but it ends. But it's nice nice when you speak to one of the old lads, and I spend a lot of time with Craig Rodden as well, who's at Sligo. He's the captain now at Sligo. He's doing fantastic over there. So it's basically... I'd say Flano and Craig Rodden really I speak to the most it must be difficult to have left Liverpool but you are still in the game at, at Gerson Ashton uh, are you still a fan of Liverpool? massive fan you, like you know me I, I've Liverpool through and through and no matter whatever happened I always love Liverpool and you know I'm a massive fan and that'll never ever change it's, it's just a shame that I couldn't be playing every week but no matter what me, um, my colours will never change but was it difficult to love them and have to leave? It was. It was when Brendan Rodgers told me the news. It, I saw my car outside and I wouldn't cry my eyes out because it was just a realization that I just weren't expecting. You know, it's just and it was just horrible to think like I've done this drive up to Kirby for fifteen years and then I've done this Melwood for a year. Like I'm, I'm this is going. This is not going to be me anymore. Like. I'm not going to be allowed in the gates anymore, you know, and it's just, it's just crazy to think, and it was, it was a horrible, horrible feeling, but you know, one that thinks made me stronger. Morgs, you're always welcome on the Five Times podcast, and we've really enjoyed listening to you, and we wish you all the best. It's good to see your confidence is back there and and scoring the goal. So good luck in the in the second round, whoever you play, and uh, we'll be looking out for you. Thank you, Mills. BT Sports, I'll get it. I'm going to score that. <laughs> no, go on. Thank you, Mills. Top man, Morgs. All the best. The final word on the Five Times podcast. That's it for this week on the Five Times podcast. My thanks to guests Mark Wright, Mark Lawrenson, Big Chrissy Kirkland, Adam Morgan, Richard Chaplow, the former Southampton man also. Can't wait. At last, Premier League action back for us to look forward to. It's Southampton v Liverpool. Interesting to see what team changes we have ahead of this one at the weekend after all the players been away on international duty. But thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. And don't forget to subscribe through iTunes so you don't miss any of the future shows. Have a good weekend. We'll speak next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 